Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about improper replicator use. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Micah Silvern. I'm a child care provider, and I use they, them pronouns. Today we are talking about weird science, another one of our bonus John Hughes episodes. little programming note really fast. We have taken down our Patreon for the time being, but we had a bunch of movies scheduled to go up on the Patreon, and so we thought we would just throw those out in the feed, and this is one of those, and you'll see some other movies coming along that maybe don't fit the girlhood mold per se, but that's why that's why they're showing up on your feed. New fun bonus material showing up. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I still want to talk about these movies one way or the other, so like whether or not, whether we or not anyone is paying to hear them i want to make them yeah so exactly do not watch this please movie. do not watch weird science i'm mad that i had to watch this movie yeah i was mad 30 seconds into this movie not even it it happens immediately and it does not stop no it does not get if you haven't seen weird science basically the plot is two horny teenagers create a magical sentient sex robot that solves all their problems. The end. Yeah. Fuck this movie. You can follow us on Twitter at Anthro267. Any comments, concerns, or recommendations can be sent to anthropologyofgirlhood at gmail.com. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It is super helpful and helps all of the algorithm stuff work in our favor. And as always, thank you and enjoy. Yeah, this movie should be illegal. Someone should be arrested for this movie. And you know what's worse? They made like four seasons of a TV show based on the premise and the success of this movie. I'm sorry, what? 88 episodes from 1994 to 1998 following roughly the same premise. Excuse me while I go puke. It's trouble. That is horrifying. So many people greenlit this movie and didn't stop it. Adult, a, a series of adult men pitched, wrote, directed, greenlit this movie about a 15 and 16 year old child creating a sentient sex doll that fixes all of the problems in their life. How? What? Hap? What? I am so mad that we had to watch this. Here's the thing. John Hughes has written a million billion movies. He has. He has actually only directed, if you don't count the two that Howard Deutsch directed, that everyone sort of agrees that he... Right basically directed like if you don't count those two he's directed like five movies and this is one of them this is the one this is one of the ones not pretty in pink that's not him um but this was one of the ones where he was like yep gotta get my hands on the tiller on this one 
I feel like this is the final nail in the coffin that is my love of John Hughes movies. Because, like... My- watch Home Alone later this year. <sighs> that's in the Christmas slot. Oh, because that's Christopher Columbus, isn't it? It's a script by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah, weird crossover for us. John Hughes is kind of just, like, all over all of these. Okay, we'll get to this in December. But I high-key hate Home Alone. Okay, because then we're going to fight because I high-key love Home Alone. Like, I, we'll, we'll have this fight in December. <laughs> I don't think you're I get why people like it. It's just dumb. Oh, uh, it's dumb. Don't get me wrong. It's dumb. But, you know, I like lots of dumb stuff. Like, how do, where do you even start with the feminist critique of 1985's Weird Science? I, like, where, where, let's start with the premise. Yes, I think that's a good place. The premise of this movie, which is two horny teen boys, Frankenstein style, create a woman with a computer with the express purpose of having sex with her. Yeah. Yeah. She then comes to life and is like a real living sentient human being and their plans and intentions do not change at all. No, they do not. Then but- this magical mommy fuck toy that they created because she's 23 and they're 15 and 16. And she's taking care of them when... Takes care of them, fixes all their meals, buys them everything they need, and fixes everything in their life. Yup. Wow. The layers. There's like a layer cake of misogynistic bullshit in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Oh. First, I just... Yeah. The like women existing as like a sex object that part is gross the when they're creating her and they're like do we even bother giving her a brain yeah they're okay there are so many parts of this movie like the age of consent and the age of being sexualized in this movie and like age gaps and all of that are disgusting. It's bad. Because you have a 15, 16 year old and a 23 year old, which like, yikes, is scary on its own. And don't tell me it's not scary. If it was a little girl and not a, te- if it was a teenage girl and not a yeah. teenage boy, it would be gross. This would be terrifying. But that's another, that's another point to get to in a minute. Yeah. Um. But you also have him like, you have you have Anthony Michael Hall lamenting about an eighth grade girl that he was into. Yeah. So that's like 12, 13. Yeah. He expressly says that she's 13, but he's 16, 16 which ew, ew. And like. Oh, just like no one cares or like thinks about it yeah i guess gary's parents do and then she like and then she brain zaps them, them or whatever yeah but like 
it's just like just because they're teenage boys doesn't mean sleeping with adults isn't sexual assault. Yeah. It's bad. And and it gets back to this thing you were talking about, about how we have somehow a different attitude about adult female like predators going after teenage boys because it's seen as somehow like um masculine right because for a child to be able to date an adult woman we have turned sex into a milestone for teenage boys right it's like a trophy right it's you know rite of passage so if you get it when you're younger that's just because you're it's a, a stud. Bigger trophy right. right and with an older woman who we all admit should fucking know better right then i guess that's like the biggest trophy but like because Barf. because we don't take it seriously when it's an older woman, when it's a female predator, you know, like so many statistically less than men. Yes, but there are still a significant amount of women who are predatory and are very abusive in their behavior that we let slide or don't think it takes seriously and, or we don't look for the signs of, and it also creates this trap for victims where they're not believed or they should, they're told you should be so lucky. Right. Like as hard as it is to report and be taken seriously about like any kind of abuse or sexual assault, it's even harder if you are a masculine person, because like you said, like it's seen as like, well, you should, you know, you should be grateful. You should be great. Yeah. I was trying not to say that, but that's, I mean, that's, that's, what are the attitude which is really disgusting it's absolutely disgusting and like i am just heartbroken for all of the men who have been trapped in that situation masculinity is such i mean we talk about this all the time about how like the patriarchy hurts men too because masculinity is such a small confining box that it doesn't leave room for you to have discomfort with stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's it's seen as masculine, so it's not allowed to be questioned. The prioritizing of sex in relationships drives me fucking nuts. It is frustrating, and I can definitely see... As a person who is, like, not as interested in sex, in prioritizing sex in their relationships, I could see how it would be really frustrating to see that only be, like, the only type of relationship that's depicted. Yeah, and, like, I'm, and also growing up as a fat femme kid, unfortunately, a lot of the people I dated fetish, were fetishizing me Mm -hmm. because I would jump at any validation I could get. Sure. Um, So like I've been in positions, you know, I I don't think like, I don't think there's many of us who haven't uh, who grew up femme or are femme um, where you are. Like you just like see it in someone's eye and you're like, you don't see me as a person, do you? Yeah. And that is a terrifying spot to be in. Yeah. And 
to have it so viciously glorified. Yeah. And have it be like this quote unquote ideal situation. Yeah. Is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. It's indescribably horrifying. Like, yeah. And then like when they're creating her, like when they go through the process and they just make her like the boringest, dumbest bimbo they possibly can. There's a shot. And we went back and double checked this because it was terrifying. Yeah. Where they like show where they want her, like what, how smart she wants to be. This is just after the, should we even give her a brain line? Right. And then they're creating a brain for her. And they put it at a fifth grade education level. Yeah. I wrote down, um, I wrote down the whole screen, fifth grade, slow learner, boring dipshit. That's your ideal woman. Of course, because you fifth can... grade education, slow learner, boring dipshit. Yeah, you literally want a walking fuck doll. Yeah, because you can manipulate her and tell her whatever she. And like throughout this movie, they keep saying like, "We created you. You have to like we control you. You she have even to do says what it. we say." And she even says it of like, "Yeah, they own me. They we I belong to them." And it's just like, if I could get paid every time. My notes in this movie say barf. I could not work. I could retire. There's a million. I, I think there's more barfs in my notes for this movie than there are like articles. Yeah. Yeah. It. Oh, this movie just made my skin crawl. This movie just made my skin crawl. And I like feel like I have teenage boy all over me. And, yeah. Like there is a constant stream of. She is their property. Yeah. And, and they're like trading with people. They're like negotiating with these two other guys to like trade girlfriends, trade girlfriends without it's, either of like any of them in the room. Uh, and it's just like. <sighs> no wonder we have such asshole men. Right. Like, how else are they going to act? Yeah. When this is what you're putting out and this right. is what you're showing. Right. What else are they going to turn into? Of course, they're going to think women are objects. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just going to be a lot of us saying what the fuck. This movie is a in one. this movie. Yeah. Because it's like, and then this happened. So well, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. This whole movie, I would just like was in shock the entire time. And it's not just... The, like, sexism and the misogyny. Oh, no. It's homophobia. Like, they're calling people faggot. There's there's racism. There's, like, bad... I think it's supposed to be, like, Mad Max-style, like, roving... Yeah. Mutant biker bands, but they're clearly, like, sort of racist, indigenous tropes. Yeah. It's like, and then only oh, there's racist chanting. There is when they do chanting. the ceremony to bring her to life for the first time. It's like every kind of like terrible it's, behavior is in this movie. I feel like this movie could run for president and win. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like the G- it hates women. It's racist. It doesn't understand consent. This is like GOP talking points. They called Chet calls Wyatt wearing women's underwear. I wrote it down. Quote a severe emotional disorder. Yeah, yeah. Get fucked, movie. Some of these lines are just like disgusting. Because like, there's also this at one point where they're like talking about Anthony Michael Hall is like trying to like convince his friend to like make this sex spot. Uh, which, why would you make a sex robot with your best friend? Seems- yeah, that seems like. This I, I I thought about this too, because this feels like it's kind of in the like vein of like watching porn with your friends. Yeah. Of like, what do you expect? What's the best case scenario for you here? Because I think even the best case scenario is gross. Yeah. And the worst case scenario is like super gross. I don't like any part of it. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall is like listing things he could do and like and just goes real sick demented shit and I'm like yikes you are yeah because we won't have to ask for consent she'll be an object and she won't be able to say no so we can do whatever we want Farf City yeah and like we gotta talk about I know we kind of touched down on it but I really want to take a second to talk about the whole like mommy girlfriend thing. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Because it's bad. It's so bad. She is fully parenting them. Yup. And also is fully a sex object, and those things are like never distinguished or differentiated in any way. No, but like isn't that a men's dream? Girls? Right. It's like men are such like men know that they're children. They're aware that they're like useless babies and they need someone to fucking change their diaper and airplane their food into their mouth because they're not real adults because we don't hold them accountable. We don't make them become adults. We don't make them develop domestic skills to be able to actually live in the world. Because misogyny has taught them that they can just count on some dipshit fifth grade learner woman to do it for them. Sorry. I went on a thing. You did go on a thing, but that's okay. Femmes, you are not their mother. You do not need to parent him. And if he need, if he cannot take care of himself, find somebody else. Yeah. Because there are people who can take care of themselves. Because men are also adults. Yes. There's no reason they can't be held to the same standard as every other adult who wipes their own ass and manages their own finances and does their own fucking laundry. He can make himself lunch. Yeah. He can even help with dinner. He should be able to do the dishes. He should be helping with goddamn child care. And, like, you have this trope that was, like, really private, like, that drove a lot of women to use drugs in the 1950s and 60s of, like, the never-stopping sex object that right. does everything. That also is the perfect house housekeeper. Right. Because, yeah. like... She cleans up the entire house, makes breakfast, does her nails all in the time that they're sleeping. Yeah. But because, of course, she's perfect, so she doesn't have to sleep. Yeah. And she can just do everything that they need. Yeah. It's gross. It's really gross. Why, Man, why do you want to fuck your mom? 
Like, I'm very curious why this is a like, thing. The, this is the thing that's frustrating to me, right? Like, this is the this gets back to the like, are men okay? Question is the like, how how can you see this mess? Take this message in as a masculine child and get the message that you are a baby who needs to be taken care of and buy it, you know, and be like, yep, okay, that's great. I would like to find a mommy who I can have sex with and who will clean my house for me. Does that not make you fundamentally want to like question, if not outright reject the system that would infantilize you into being an adult incapable of taking care of himself in the absence of a woman to do all of the life stuff for him. Like I don't understand why men are not more upset about that. Right, isn't like the whole thing about masculinity being an independent, like being powerful, powerful. and independent, like, and like if you need to rely on a woman to do all of your if work, your mommy still does your laundry, then you're not a big, strong, independent man. No, you're not. You're a baby. You need to go back and take a nap. And like, of course, we are absolutely training femmes to like step into this caretaker right. role from a young age, right. and we don't hold our boys to the same accountability when they're younger, so they do stop growing and not learn. And yeah. like, there's been these study, there's been plenty of studies that show that fundamentally, as a society, because we don't hold men to the same standards. We're stuck at a very basic elementary type thinking style. Yeah, right. And like we have no ability to connect to others or to work as a community because we don't make men be part of a community. Right. We teach them to just be catered to and have society move around them. Yeah. Because heaven forbid men do any amount of like introspection or self-reflection at any point. Fuck the patriarchy. Just fuck the patriarchy. We should also talk about the shame and uh, around teenage sexuality because so so I grew up in a pretty sex positive house. Uh So I feel like I, I can say this with confidence. If these boys had a better outlet for their sexuality that wasn't full of shame and hiding in their bathroom, they wouldn't have made a fuck doll. Right. Right. They have a locked footlocker full of playboys. And then when their parents find out, when Gary's parents find out that he has been masturbating, they like freak out. They lose their shit. Like he's a 16 year old boy. Like be lucky that he has any clean socks left. Right. And just deal like he's nice enough to lock the bathroom door. Right. At least he's going in the bathroom. Right. Like. Jesus Christ, let teenagers are horny. Like, there's no... There's no two ways, ways about, about it. it. Like, they're just going to be horny. Their hormone, like, hormones are like that. They will do that to you. Pushing it aside, not talking about it, not... And making it this, like, secret, shameful thing mm-hmm. is, one, going to drive them to go crazier and crazier about it and want right. to do it more. Right. It becomes and, a forbidden fruit at some point. Exactly. And two, they're going to internalize your reactions right. in a heartbeat. Right. And that is going to, like, how many of us had to unpack so much shame around our sexuality? Yeah, I mean, you're telling me I grew up Catholic. Right. I'm like, I was the lucky one out of the two. Of them. <laughs> yeah. And it took me forever to, like, 
really unpack and I still have to work on like unpacking yeah. shame and sex because because a lot of us weren't granted the right to like embrace it and just teenage girls are just as horny as teenage boys. Right, but they're not given the same like social outlet. Like no. they're not allowed culturally to be horny. So they have to hide it and have to have shame about it and end up, you know, humping pillows or whatever. Yeah. Um, And just like the fact that we it's just such bullshit, such bullshit that like our that teenage boys are allowed to have movies like this where they're like in like have the social acceptance to be like, yeah, we want to fuck up 16. No big deal. Right. Where if these were girls creating a sex robot, there would be no movie. Right. This movie wouldn't have gotten made. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, obviously this movie with teen girls doesn't exist, but um, is it Practical Magic is kind of this movie? Kind of. Yeah. But from, you know, with the gender swap. Yeah. But like, obviously adults. Right. And that is like a, a careful what you wish for horror movie. Right. You know, like it's interesting the tone, the like haha fun sex romp when boys do it and then when a group of adult women do the same thing for a much more complex reason, they're still punished for it. Yep. Whereas boys are allowed to just like succeed and get everything they want. They're allowed to fuck up their entire house yeah. and magically have it all fixed for them. Right. I mean, they get they fuck up the whole house. They get popular. They get girlfriends like they get everything they hoped and dreamed. I wrote down in my notes. She's basically I dream of genie. Yeah. Like or bewitched. Like it's funny that there's this whole like cultural through line of the like magic wife. Who can snap her fingers and make your whole life easier. Because again, it comes back to that like mommy girlfriend thing. Oh, I just the one thing I wanted to talk about. The one big point I still want to talk about. At some point in this movie, they do the thing again. Right. They like do the ceremony. Yeah. They They try to make another try to make another fuck doll. But they fuck it up. And they don't put the, like, little alligator clips on the Barbie like they did to make the first girl. Right. The alligator clips are touching the cover of, like, a a magazine. Yeah, it's like a Nat Geo or something. And it has, like, a picture of, like, a, a, you know, a rocket on it. And they create a rocket with this computer, magic computer program. Right. I guess my question is I want to get into the science fiction aspect of this movie. Because we don't get an odd opportunity to talk about science fiction on this podcast, and you and I are big fucking dorks. The science behind this drove me crazy. Crazy. There's no... Like, you're watching Frankenstein. You have a template to go off of. Yeah. And you do what? I I fully... This whole movie, I legitimately was expecting it to like be a dream like i don't know maybe there's an epilogue we didn't see right but like i fully was expecting that they were gonna like both wake up in the hospital after having been in a bus accident right you know like 
I thought this was going to be like a Jacob's Ladder scenario where they're like both dying in a hospital bed. God, that would And they dreamed all of this. That would make it a lot better. That would make it so much better and so much less problematic because it wouldn't be real. But no, it's real. No, it's real. It really happened. And my question is like skipping past the whole like how does the science of the bringing the thing to life work? Because obviously it doesn't. It's fucking magic. Whatever. Yeah, it's not science, it's magic. I can suspend my disbelief that far. My question is more of like a, how are you not using this for greater good and or greater evil already? Right? Yeah. Like, if all it takes is a picture, right? Because what the rocket teaches us is that everything you put into the computer... That's secondary, if it matters at all. Right. The thing that matters... Are the alligator clips. Are the alligator clips. And whatever the alligator clips are touching, we can make a giant life-size version of. Yeah. Right? So my question is, like, what if you put it, put the alligator clips on, say, a picture of a bank vault? Or a private jet? Or, you know, on and on and on. Uh... A castle, like, you know, on and on, like the things. A second fuck doll so you don't have to share with your friend. <laughs> I think that might be part of it for them. I th- I have this secret theory, again, because I think all movies are or should be gay, that these two dudes are actually, like, super into each other and they created the fuck doll as a pretense to be able to, like, have sex with each other. While a woman also being present. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. I feel like a lot of men get into threesomes that way. I'm saying. But I just feel like feels like you could have done more irresponsible shit with the magic replicating machine. Right. Like even a couple of dweebs like you. Yeah. Like. Even if it was just like, oh, we could replicate a million cheeseburgers. Like you made a replicator. Use it. Use it. Replicate some shit. Said the Star Trek nerd. <laughs> right? Like, you can create matter. You can create life. Yeah. And and what are you doing with it? Nothing. Nothing. Like, do Literally. better. Even if you just, like, make an art. Like, you're a teenage boy who's thinking about sex all the time. Great. Make an army of sex dolls. Like, yeah. wh- why stop at one? Th- yeah. Okay, should we do a lightning round? Let's do a lightning round. Because I think mostly I have small notes left. It takes this movie less than 10 seconds to start objectifying women. It's so gross. It's immediate. My first note is, oh, I already hate this movie. Like, the movie starts and you're like, oh, fuck this movie. Yeah. Uh, Great. Already, fuck this movie. Uh, Of course it has its own theme song. Oh, yeah. Because everything about this movie screams male arrogance. Yeah, I actually weirdly get the theme song to this movie stuck in my head like all the time, even though I've only seen this movie once as a small child. It's catchy as fuck. It's real catchy, right? It's it's a bop. This movie is produced by Joel Silver, who like basically if think of like a, a marginally bad action movie that has been made in the last 40 years. Joel Silver probably produced that movie. Oh, my God, really? Let me just, like, hit you with some highlights from this list. This is, like, roughly in, like, chronological order. 
1985's Weird Science. That's where we are now. 87, Lethal Weapon and Predator. Die Hard. All the Die Hards, all the Predators, all the Lethal Weapons. Demolition Man. All the Matrixes. Oof. Put some money into all those Matrixes. Uh, Swordfish, 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ship. God damn. House of Wax, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, V for Vendetta. Like, see what I'm saying? Any any, any kind of like maybe bad, maybe good action movie that's been made since like 1980. Fucking Xanadu. He's a co-producer on Xanadu, which Fucking is Xanadu. the ultimate like good, bad action. I mean, action movie. I don't know what you would call Xanadu. Xanadu. So. I haven't seen but Santa even those ages. like those Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh god, those were awful. Anyway, wow. Anyway, that's I just a lot of trash was, you produced. I just thought that was really interesting. That's fascinating. The way that these boys hack into a system. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Is the funniest shit. <laughs> it is like bad 3D tunnels and cyberspace off of Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I don't want to say that this movie did it well, but it did it better. Like, Tron is a few years before this. Right. And, like, I know Tron has, like, a bad idea also of, like, what computer networks are like. Yeah. But at least... It ain't this. Yeah. This is horrible. This is. Like, this would be offensive as, like, a menu screen for an educational video game made for eight-year-olds in 1997. Yeah. Like, it's bad. It's awful. And it made me giggle the entire time. Yeah. This is the only part of the movie I enjoyed. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh, and and when they're doing the thing, when they're doing the hacking, they use one of those big five-inch floppy disks. Yeah, they do. You do you remember those? Oh, oh man. I miss the giant floppies. The three and a halfs, those were fine. They were cute. They hung around for a while. Um, but those five-inch floppies, they were fucking useless. And they were so easy to break or ruin. My first digital camera used a three-inch floppy disk. Oh, wow. As and it took like nine photographs? I think on, like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, those three-and-a-half-inch floppies are like 512 megs. Yeah, they They're much. Nothing. At one point, this adult woman kidnaps one of these kids oh at gunpoint. Oh, my God. And no one thinks it's creepy. Yeah, and like it, I think I've seen this bit in other movies before, but it like turns out to be a squirt gun. Yeah, that's not better. No, the people that you just threatened with a firearm don't know that it was a squirt gun. You're that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. And also, why are you like you are not in the right if you are holding a gun to somebody's face? Right. Like, yeah, you know, you've always you've made a mistake. You've made a mistake. You've done a bad job. And like the fact that like I know it's because she brains up his parents and whatever and the magic makes it all. I don't feel like the brain zapping 
I feel like all the like brain zapping and turning people into stuff is like a whole other consent conversation that we could probably have. Yes. Because like that is some fucked up shit to be able to just do whatever you want to somebody and then erase it from their brain. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's not good. But like. Again, if the genders were reversed, if this was an older man oh my God. taking a l- taking young 16-year-old girl, girl at gunpoint, it would be a horror movie. Yeah. So why is this funny? Why is this okay? Yeah, explain to me why this is funny. Because it's not. It's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. But yeah, consent of superpowers like that, that is... Yeah. Like, ugh. No yeah. boundaries whatsoever yeah. with that. And that is... I feel like... I mean, maybe this is a whole other thing we can get into when we do some other real sci-fi thing. But, like, I feel like, yeah, as a person with, like, supernatural abilities, you also have a heightened sense... Like, you have to have a heightened sense of, like, consent and autonomy to not use those powers... Right? ...on people without their consent. Or expressly against their will. Stay tuned for when we do Anthropology of Star Trek and we can definitely do a whole series about it. Because let's examine Q and consent. Yeah, Jesus. The very first thing they do with this woman after they summon her is they all three take a shower together. They make her take a shower so they can watch her naked. Yeah. Immediately they summon this woman and immediately they violate her, like, consent or whatever. Yeah. Just, like, not even going to say hello. Just straight to the take your clothes off, please. Take your clothes off, please. You are an object and I will be using you for sex. You are not a person. Oh, my God. And then she takes them to this, like, club, bar, whatever. Oh, my God. And first of all, gets a 15 and 16 year old drunk at a bar with fake IDs. Yikes. Not good. Not that I like him against teenagers drinking. I'm against 23 year olds buying drinks for children. Yeah. Adults don't get to give kids fake IDs. No. If kids get fake IDs on their own, that's their business. You do not know. You don't That's, gotta grooming. To give them That's as, grooming behavior. Yeah, that is definitely grooming behavior. But then this kid, Anthony Michael Hall's character, Gary, gets drunk and he starts doing this terrible African-American English thing. It's disgusting. It's so racist. It goes on for so long It's so incredibly offensive and everybody treats it like even especially the like actual black characters in the movie. The black actors are like, oh, yes, this is fine. Nothing is weird or uncomfortable about this tiny white child doing like terrible, shitty, like jive talk impression of African-American English. It's disgusting. It made my skin crawl. And I just wanted to slap him. I yeah, just wanted to crawl out of my skin. It's like one of the few moments in this movie I almost fast forwarded through. Yeah. Like it made me so mad. It was. And like this is the only scene that we see people of color. Like. Yeah. And it is as like a bad influence on these kids. 
fucked up. It's really this fucked movie's up. Movie's so racist. It's so racist. And talking about its racism, uh, the in the end scene uh, or the final boss battle of sorts uh. is as we said earlier, like these. Mad Max racist native stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And there's a young girl with them that is, has a chain and collar attached to her that one of them drags her off by. Yeah. She almost never speaks until the very end when she has like one line. Yeah. Which like, it sucks because like there's genuinely some really funny shit in this movie. Yeah, there's some good lines. Like when they chase the bikers off at the end, and then the bikers are all like, "It was so nice meeting you. Thank you, thanks, thank you so much for having us." That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was re- like, but it was I was like still in shock from the like horrible racism and misogyny that I like couldn't even enjoy the parts of this movie that are fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's some good lines and but you're like in absolute cringe mode the entire time so you can't enjoy them. Yeah. One of my maybe my least favorite movie. Oh, another another uh, note in my notes that has the word barf. You're ding get a little bell. <sighs> there's a bait and switch in this movie. Yeah, there is. Where the girls are doing their makeup and the boys are having a confab in the shower, their favorite place. And we stand up out of the shower POV with the boys and we find another blonde and brunette, but haha, they're fat. Yeah. Isn't it hilarious that they're disgusting? No one could ever possibly be attracted to a fat person. It wouldn't make me so crazy if this weren't so fucking pervasive. It's fucking everywhere, and it's bullshit. Haha, it- isn't it hilarious? The idea of dating a fat woman? Who who would ever possibly imagine? It's the worst, and you can't help but internalize it when it's fucking everywhere. Right. It's like people will be like, oh, it's just a joke. But like, no, no. when it's everywhere in the culture, when it's every movie, when every piece of media only ever shows fat people as a fucking joke or as something to be like something disgusting to be avoided. Like, there's no way for you to not internalize that message. There's no way for a fat person to live in the world and not hate themselves a little bit because of stupid jokes like this. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting and is why i still will laugh in your face if you talk about guinea discrimination oh my god get fucked i'm sorry like you're allowed to not like your body at whatever shape it is that is fine yeah body dysmorphia happens to all of us but But thin privilege is real and go fuck yourself of course the boys have to prove themselves with some kind of act of violence to always come back to violence that they're man enough I I don't, I, I don't know what else. What to is s- the fantasy about violence? Like, yeah, I don't know what else to say. We've talked about this so much. Yeah, especially with these John Hughes movies. Yes, yeah, especially they are like ridiculously violent for what kind of movies they are. Yeah, it's kind of worrisome. Yeah, honestly, it's very worrisome. And of course, that violence is necessitated. We were just talking about this in some kind of wonderful. I think. About, this is one of those situations 
that men dream up to make violence justifiable. Yup. Of course, we have to put women in peril to motivate men to violence, a thing they're already always planning for anyway, mm-hmm. so that they can enact the violence they're always thinking about and feel justified and feel heroic for visiting violence and, like, ruining the life of another living being. It's absolutely disgusting. And it's sh- fucking horrible. And it should not be in any way in our culture. And why aren't we discussing this? Yeah. Why is this not something that we're, like, constantly talking about? Like, Cats- how how are men not more concerned about right? this? Like, like, I know... As the as the targets of male violence, we have to be worried about this all the time. Right. We have to be thinking about this, even if just in the back of our minds all the time. But how are men not worried about this? Like, how are masculine people receiving this message from the culture and not, you know, throwing up a fucking revolt that this is the thing they're supposed to fantasize about is like, murdering another human being in defense of a woman who does not know you and did not ask. Yeah. Do you not hold yourself to a higher standard? Do you really think this is something that is acceptable and okay and that you're okay being simplified down into a horny, angry machine? Right. Just like a violence deliverer with a dick. Like, how do you feel not trapped right in that tiny box oh one tiny last tiny bit of white nationalist kind of racism in this movie the little cherry on top of racism in this movie they get girlfriends eventually right they steal them from these other two guys they have boyfriends but gary is blonde he has to date the blonde girl. Yeah. Wyatt is brunette and he has to date the brunette girl because heaven forbid we mix the, the races, even br- blondes and brunettes. Got to preserve that pure white Aryan blood. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this movie. Yeah. Yeah.